This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Thank you for inviting me along to this book talk series. And for those of you who don't know, who haven't had the pleasure of meeting virtually or otherwise, I'm Justin Ponder. I'm in charge of Information Officer with Uplifting Impact. And I'm excited to be here with you today, diving deeper into Deanna's new book, Action Speak Louder. <laughs> so I really wanted to do this because I've been privileged enough to see all the things happening behind the scenes, all the hard work that you've done. And I know in all the information that gets printed here and probably in a lot of the information and publicity that you'll talk about, that people don't really get to see, I think, maybe the human side of the book process and really kind of your thinking behind those things. So I'd like to dive into those things so people can really hear how it was made, what got left out, what your motivations <laughs> were. How about that? That sounds good. I mean, if anybody knows, it's you because you saw all the things, <laughs> all the, the the not so pretty things too of of writing the book and trying to get into this into this process. But let's go because these are our friends, so we can we can we can we can put it all out there. <laughs> well, how about we start at the beginning because that's a very good place to start. So, what inspired you to write this in the first place? You know, I think there's like a personal and a professional side and kind of one and the same, those things. But on the on the personal side, I think one of the things that I really realized is that there's so many different times in my own career where I definitely felt like I was not thriving, where mm -hmm. I didn't feel like I could show up fully, where I didn't feel like my work was valued, where I didn't feel like I was being included is literally chock full of these examples from my own personal stories of places where I feel like I got tripped up, right? And so on the personal side, it's almost like a little bit of like a love letter to Deanna of the past, right? Because it's kind of a way to be like, hey, you're okay. Here's something like that I see you having these experiences. But I think the other thing that's even more important to me is it's also like a little bit of a love letter to people who don't want to perpetuate these moments of exclusion, who really want to be inclusive leaders, because there's a, a part of me that understands that even in the most like trying situations, people were doing their best. They just didn't always have the right toolkit, right, in order to move forward, myself included. And there's plenty of places in the book where I talk about mistakes that I've made also. And so really, it's a, it's a little bit of that too, right, on the professional side, being able to think about what does it feel like to actually be included and, and what are the tools that you can use so that when somebody gets to this point in their career and, and even further along in their career, when they look back, they can look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I was part of that organization. I'm so glad I had interaction with that leader. I'm so glad I got to be that leader because I knew what it meant to be really inclusive. Yeah. And so you, I like this idea of like a love letter to your previous self. And what do you think this book is telling that previous self? It was wrapped up really nicely in a bow and it wasn't you know more than 150 plus pages what do you think the central message is to your past self i think it's i see you 
You know, I mean, I feel like there's so many instances in the work that we do where one of the biggest things that's missing is just this recognition of like, I'm here and this is happening to me. And I think that there was a lot of times in my career because I spent so many places where I was the only one, the only woman, the only person of color, the only young person, right? Like these moments of feeling like I was just always on the margins and people didn't really see how some of the things they said, they did, the actions that were happening in the organization, how they impacted me as an individual. And so I think in some ways it's like just a recognition, like I see you. I, I think, and I know, right? Because we've had so many people reading this book that there are people who are like, oh my goodness, like I read this story. You wouldn't believe what happened to me. That's one of the biggest comments. I Well, I, can I share what happened to me? Well, you know what? I, this really resonated with me because I remember this time and I think that that's important, right? There's a lot of us that are holding on to this feeling of being excluded or, or marginalized and don't really feel seen. And so I think that is what I mean by it, right? Like, so if I had to wrap it up in a bow, it was like, I see you. For those of you who don't know, like I am an academic. So I, me, my mind, written in prose, what? No, supposed to be objective statistics and everything. And we had, what do we call it? Intense fellowship around the personal stories, especially at the beginning. I'm like, I, I don't know, because those can go one way. Like it can be used as if you personalize it too much. I was very concerned and protective, right? Like, hey, if you use personal stories, I'm worried about saying, you know, coming after you as like on your personal level, like personal attacks. And also I was worried from like a rhetorical standpoint that foregrounding these personal stories could give opponents kind of fuel to be like, well, that's just you. And I think throughout this whole process, what I've actually learned is the how convincing it has been, even more than all the stats that I would have used, even more than the academic studies and best case um, practices I would have done. I mean, used. yes, and those are in there too. So don't, don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> the people think that we don't, that, that it's not has all the stuff in it. But you're right. You're so right, right? This. And, and I actually really appreciated the pushback. Now, Justin is also my husband, not only the amazing chief information officer here at Uplifting Impact. And so I get to have all kinds of conversations with him. He read every single thing that's in that book, probably like 25 million times, right? Like every word, because I'd be like, what is this sentence? How do I say this better? What, what do you think about this story? Am I like articulating it enough? And like, I really actually appreciated that that pushback because you're right, right? Like, I do think that sometimes people get stuck in this. Well, that's just you. That'll only work for you. That's right. And so to your point and really to your credit, I think that's why we, we ended up with such a great balance of these are personal stories. This is what happened to me. This is my experience. But this isn't just me. Let me show you the data. Let me show you the research. Let me, right? Like, let me connect that. And I don't know. Uh, honestly, like if that connection would have been as strong if it wasn't for you asking those questions up at the front. So, but I think at the same time, like what's been surprising is how many people have come forward now that you've shared your story. Can I please share mine? So it's yes. kind of like the story has we got more stories and it's provided a fuller narrative. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, it's kind of interesting because I think you know, as we were debating this conversation, one of the things I kept saying was. Yeah, but I'm a model for people. I, I want I, I want the stories to be able to exemplify what we're talking about in each one of these chapters. But I also want the stories to model for other people. They can tell their own stories. But I, I think that it's important as leaders, and I mean leaders in the most you know broad sense, because I think every one of us has leadership spaces, places where we have spheres of influence. 
I think it's really important to model like this is what it looks like to be vulnerable. This is what it looks like to tell your story. Because when you do that, what it does is it opens other people up for the opportunity. So not only is that something that was done with great intention, but it was also done because I think that it is the way that we bring other people alongside us. This is not a book you're supposed to read by yourself. I mean, you can and you'll gain a lot from it. But I think it's best read with teams, right? When you get a right. whole group around and you can actually have conversations together. And it's kind of that interesting combination of, you said, hey, this is kind of meant for leaders, but leaders of all senses. And you're trying to get people to recognize not just only the validity of their own stories, but the validity of their own leadership. So what would you, and it's this combination of, you know, very personal, like this is what you can do as an individual, but also then this high level, this is what you should maybe try to aim for. I mean, because the subheading of it is a step-by-step -step guide to becoming an inclusive workplace. So it's individual, this is what you can do on your own, but then also at the highest levels, this is what you can do to create a more inclusive workplace. What would you say to, I don't know, the love letter to you from years ago, or even to readers now who feel like they're in between, like, hey, you know, like I understand the individual, but I don't necessarily feel like I'm, I have the authority to take this stuff to the next level, to be across the entire workplace. What would you say to them? I would say, I mean, do you get on Zoom calls? Do you um, have the opportunity to sit next to people when you're in the office? Do you ride in the elevator with others? And my point here is like, it doesn't actually matter where you are in the organization. Every one of us has the ability to make somebody feel included and somebody feel excluded by the actions that we take. So yes, if you are the CEO of an organization, you might have more authority to change some of the policies and structures and systems. But if I'm the person who's in the elevator with you every day and I change my behavior and how I interact with you, I also have power, right? That that CEO won't have because they don't get to have that individual one-on-one -on -one connection that I might have with you. And so I think it's just really important, like when we talk and we have these conversations to ground them in the fact that everybody has power. Everybody has power. I'm going to say it again, everybody has power. Yeah. And so what I really wanted was the book to be something that no matter what title, what, what, where you are in the world, how big or small your company is, that you can read it and be like, wait a minute, I have power. Mm. And this is what the power looks like for me. This is how I can actually manifest it in my actions to make the workplace inclusive. This is not a solo sport. Even if you had like the, a CEO who's like, hey, I want to do everything to be inclusive and I'm going to make all these changes. Guess what? Nothing would matter. What that CEO said wouldn't matter unless people were also willing to follow the CEO, right? Unless people were also willing to take part in it. And so I think that it just is an important thing. And I think it's like something that just gets me like so riled up and ex excited, but also like, let's do this, is the fact that guess what? We all have a part to play in this. Yeah. We all get to be part of the problem or we get to be part of the solution. And we all have a part to play and it's all like unique. Like we can bring what makes like, you know, if if my skill set is a fancy oratory in front of everybody, like someone else I'm with on the call. So <laughs> be it. If, if your calling is like, I, I like to be behind the scenes and make the plans and make the yeah. scheduling that there's room for all of us. And I hear you saying like at the beginning, your love letter to yourself and to others, like the message is, I see you. Mm -hmm. And also now I hear everybody's got power. What do you think would be a more underlying message that people could get all the way from front to back? I think one big thing is that it doesn't have to be big things. Mm. And 
I think that that is like a message that I really try to articulate a lot through the book. And to be honest, like there were moments where I was like, I bet you somebody's going to be like, ah, this is so simple. But what I would come back with, right, is, yeah. And that's the point. This doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be hurtful. It doesn't have to be a drudge, right? This can be like work that you do that makes you happier, that work that you do that you find joy in, work that actually aligns with your skills and doesn't mean you have to, you know, overhaul everything, but just doing what you already do, but doing it better. And I think that that's really important because, again, you know, you can get up and you can do a big speech and you can get everybody riled up and you do whatever. And that that's important. That's a skill set. That is something to bring to the table. But you can also be the person who organizes, right? You're, you can be the person who who files things. You, you can be the person who reads the book and gives everybody, you know, like a synopsis. You can be the one who makes the agenda and gets gets everybody into the room to have the conversation. There are so many different roles that have to be played in order for there to be real change. And so you got to, you know, like they used to say back in the day, like, you got to get in where you fit in, right? Like, get in where you fit in. <laughs> and so trying to figure that out in the book is supposed to be a tool to help you figure out how you fit in. So it doesn't have to be these big sweeping things. As a matter of fact, I would I would argue that the big sweeping things are great. They make great headlines. They make for great, you know, moments of like inspiration. And we need those along the way for sure. We're human beings. Things that are actually sustainable are the things that are already in your wheelhouse, things that you really love to do that are aligned with your skills and your passions. And those are the things that can have sustainability. And I'm not interested in like inclusive workplaces for, I don't know, five seconds. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in inclusive workplaces that last generation, right? That really change the culture of the way that the workplace is. That to me is way more exciting than just a flash in the pan. Oh, that happened and went away. Then you mentioned getting in where you fit in. So you've had <laughs> you know, opportunities. I'm sure you poured over. Well, I know you did. I saw all behind the scenes about the <laughs> 10 <laughs> Ten thousand different drafts and all the. Justin was going to do this talk because I was like, maybe. <laughs> oh no! You know what I mean? Is he going to talk about? I mean, I, I guess I'll put my business out there, right? Like, is he going to talk about the fact that I woke him up in the middle of the night multiple times, like three o'clock in the morning? Like, um, could you read this sentence with like the kindest? You know, do you think we could talk about this in the morning? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Right, like those moments, but I was so into it that I didn't even know that it was three o'clock in the morning, or. Yeah. Oh, let me just let me just put you on let me put you on blast justin right like or the like hey so i know i've showed you this paragraph 25 times i revised it again can you please take a look at it or even better the hey deanna i looked at this paragraph i gave you some comments and i'm like oh thank you i just scrapped that whole part of the book uh, but thanks for doing that extra work get in where you fit in like mm. what didn't get to fit in this? <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Or I guess so maybe is... like the best of, like something that you're like, oh, if for yeah. well, action speak louder part two or 2.0, or <laughs> if you had, what was something that really you're like, you didn't make it in, didn't fit in for this particular version, but you would really want people to know. So I don't remember what the exact word count was, but I feel like it was like, initially like 165,000 words. I think it's like <laughs> now. So there's about 100,000 things at least, right, that didn't get in that I really wanted to get into the book. 
I, I would, I guess there's a couple of things that come to mind right away though. One is I was really excited to be able to talk about our framework, you know, at Uplifting Impact, we use this awesome framework, you and I, and our team was able to really develop this and we put a lot of energy and effort into it. And I think that that is a, a really important part of this process, but it just didn't fit right in this book. And so I'm already thinking about, right, like what could we do to make sure that people could see into that framework? I think another component that didn't really get into this book, but I have a tremendous amount of passion for is really writing something that speaks directly to people who might be in that one and only, you know, or very few of their social identity in an organization and some of the things and tips and tricks that I've learned along the way that really like helped me to advocate and self-advocate for myself. I, you know, that that's a different kind of book than this one. And I, that was a really hard thing to be like, okay, that's not this, right? That is a different topic. And so that's something I'm just incredibly passionate about. It's almost like that really would be the love letter to myself, right? Like, girl, I see you. I got you. Here's what here here here's some things that you found out 20 years after it would have been most useful to you. So let me try and like reverse the clock or at least you know put that out there for other people. So I think that's another component of it that um, didn't necessarily fit here because we were really focusing on workplace and inclusion. Yeah. So those are the two things that come to mind right away. If I started to tell story after story after story, then then we could be here all day, right? Of, of like <laughs> other situations and other moments that were really pivotal. But uh, I think, you know, one of the joys of the work that we do is that it is so grounded in storytelling. So even though not everything made it into the book, we have all these incredible opportunities yeah. to be able to share in different spaces in our summit, in the podcast, right? Like in um, some of the other things that we do on social. So even though they didn't get in the book, my heart's still happy because I feel like they're coming out in other places. So you mentioned in that last answer about this being a love letter to yourself from 20 years ago, like stuff <laughs> you would have wished 20 years ago and the power of stories. Yeah. So this text, what do you think the story will be to you 20 years from now? Ooh, Justin, I literally just got like goosebumps. That's a really good question, sir. <laughs> Um, let's see. You know what I want the book to be? I don't know what the book will be. Obviously, I don't, can't see. But the thing I would want the book to be is historical analysis of how the workplace changed. And, mm. and I would want it to be a book that talked about some of the things that we talk about, the exclusionary practices, right? Some of the things that show up as just past tense, a, a history book almost, right? Of this is how it used to be. I know it's hard to believe because we've made so much progress. I think that's the book I want to be able, maybe not even to write, but to know that it could be written because that's the truth, right? I don't know. Somebody asked me this question earlier and they're like, do you have hope? Mm. Like, do you have hope? Do you, do you think that, that things will change? And I do, right? If I didn't have hope, when it got really hard, I would stop. <laughs> if I didn't have hope, I would have put this book down. And I did put this book down actually many, many, many times, but I wouldn't have put it back up again, right? You, you may have put it down for a little while, but it kept picking you back up. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's probably a better way to say it. You've been picked up by a book. <laughs> it's because of hope. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want the next generation of people to be talking about the same things. 
well, then move on and, and find other things that they can actually improve. I want this to be something that I know it's continuous improvement. I know we're going to always have to be at it, but I want this to be like a regular course of action as we think about how we show up in our business spaces. I want it to be like an extra add-on. I want it to be like fundamental to the way that we talk about business and the way that we carry out our business. I, I don't know what a cool legacy, right? To be a, a little part of that to me brings me a lot of hope. And so, yes, I do have hope. That's awesome. Well, I'm hopeful and I've pre-ordered my copy of Action Speak Louder. But if you out there haven't done it yet, please find the link in our show notes to get yours pre-ordered as well. Dina, it's been a pleasure. And I know you have some cool perks you want the listeners to know about. Would you please share those? Absolutely. So first of all, because we're in the pre-sale part of the book launch, if you are able to buy a book and you let us know on our website, you actually get access to our foundations course for free. That is an online course. You can access it wherever you are, from wherever you are, whenever you want to. And it's completely free. It just, all we need is proof of purchase. So for one book, you get one access code to be able to get into those foundation courses. You also will receive access to our Ask Me Anything sessions. So this is one of our favorite things to do here at Uplifting Impact, but really providing people with the opportunity to read, ask questions, be part of the conversation, because we know that this isn't something, again, it's not a solo sport, it's something that we do as a team. We want to be able to provide that resource for you. So you have these exclusive Ask Me Anything sessions. And if you get five or more books, you get a whole bunch of other perks. I won't even go into those, but they're really, really fun. And so if you are interested, all you have to do is go to our website. On the website has all the information about what the perks are, what it looks like, and how you let us know so that we can acknowledge you and make sure that you get your gifts. We are also hosting a very exclusive launch team group on Facebook. So if you're interested in just doing a deeper dive of the book, being able to pre-read it before it comes out on May 31st, being able to work really closely with our team and be able to understand some of the behind the scenes of what's going on in this process, we would welcome you to also join us on the launch team. All that information, again, will be shared below so you can collect it, you can go there, you can go to the website and get all the information because we would love to have you be part of our launch team. Um, and if there's other things that you want to do or other ways that you have ideas of supporting, like a keynote or a specific talk with a group that you're a part of, we obviously always, always welcome that. So at the end of the day, the point is, we don't want this to just be a book. We really are, and we really believe in community. And so we want this to just be an extension of our wonderful Uplifting Impact community. All right, so all that sounds very exciting, Deanna. Thank you so much. And we'll place a link to redeem your perks and join the launch team in the show notes also. Deanna, it's been so fun diving into Action Speak Louder with you today. And I can't wait for all of us out there to get our copies on May 31st. And you can pre-order yours today. You can order one for a friend. You can order someone for someone you don't really like that much. Order one for as many people as you know. <laughs> we have all sorts of places to put a link for your pre-order. And thanks for having for all of you out there for joining us during Book Talk today. And before you go, if you're listening from social, please comment hashtag the DEI guide. 
So hashtag the DEI guide. Come back in two weeks for our next book talk and check the show notes for other platforms to listen in on. Have a great day. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.